Hi, everyone. Welcome to FaceTime Chats, where you get to join our weekly conversation as we discuss enduring life as a human, living with humans, and taking care of our human selves. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Anne. And we are your hosts. And today, we are discussing the holidays. Wing, 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 wing. We're in between holidays right now. Mm-hmm. Just wrapped up Thanksgiving, and we are headed into Christmas, which makes this a really weird time of year. Yeah. This is a time of year where I don't know what day it is ever. And the great thing about that is it's not unlike the rest of the year since 2020 mm-hmm. has just been this long, during, <laughs> like, day that's just gone on and on. I can't tell you what day it is from week to week, typically. Honestly, same. It's ever since we've gone full remote, it's just been like, I don't know what day it is. What is my schedule? What's... I feel like I always know when it's Saturday when it's Mm -hmm. Sunday, and when it's Monday. But then any other given day of the week, I don't know what's happening. Yes, I think that's an accurate statement. Fridays, and well, I would want to add Fridays to the bunch, but honestly, that's not true. Because some days, I've had Wednesdays feel like Friday, and it's very sad. It is. That's a sad time. Well, it is an awkward time of year, and we may not know what day it is, but... Not only do we go from a holiday commemorating the genocide of indigenous peoples in America, but then we prepare for a holiday most Christians recognize as the celebration for the birth of Christ. Maybe we can talk about our thoughts about all this. There's a lot to unpack. I think so, especially being Christians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like this is definitely one of those times of year that as I've gotten older, I've begun to really recognize the sad irony and contradictory nature of this time of year. So first of all, when it comes to Thanksgiving, I bounce back and forth when it comes to my feelings about just, you know, practicing the holiday in general. I love that I get to spend time with my family Um, before I actually lived in Wilmington. And so it was great that family would come into town. We'd all kind of centrally locate at my mom's house, drink, have a great time, tell stories, laugh, uh, give each other a hard time, just all that. Um, Now that I don't live in North Carolina anymore, and I am one of the family members that travels in, I don't know, I feel like that there's kind of that added excitement or the added value then for me because I don't get to see everybody just whenever I want to, like I could when I lived in my hometown. That said, I do hate that the holiday exists. Mm-hmm. Um, being black and being a part of a culture that recognizes that like our ancestors were imported into this country, were brutally uh, mistreated and at the hands of, you know, oppressive, not just overseers, but just the general establishment of the United States on our backs, right? And so that culture of suffering and oppression flows within my culture. And so I think about the indigenous peoples of this land, and I think about how I am participating in the celebration of their of their genocide and of a, not only of their genocide, even though th- this day does commemorate that the the moment, that specific, I guess, moment in history. But I do think about just kind of like how generation after generation, they just have to watch us, you know, destroy what what was stolen from them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I would love to come up with a solution for, for this uh, tug of war I have in my heart. Um, and in general, I feel like we should have as a culture – but I don't really have any solutions for that yet. I will say one of my friends texted me and she called it Truthsgiving. So she was like, mm. how was your Truthsgiving? Oh. And I was like, I, like I kind of like that. Yeah, I was like, I like that, actually. Huh. And it got me to thinking about if a part of the holiday recognition was sitting down and having a genuine history lesson 
I feel like that would be something more appropriate. So I have a friend that when her family gets together together every year, they read the passage in Luke that features the birth of Jesus, right? Joseph and Mary travel to Bethlehem and the shepherds and the field and all that. Mm -hmm. And so they read that passage as a way to honor the birth of Christ, even though they don't recognize Christmas as the birth of Christ. Mm -hmm. They just recognize that that is the time where people acknowledge the birth of Christ. But that's a part of the regular tradition. It's like, yeah, we're going to get to have presents. Yeah, we're going to eat. Yeah, we're going to drink. Yeah, we're going to have fun. But we're going to take this time right now for about five minutes and we're going to have a conversation about what what it is that we need to not forget as we're doing these other things. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like if we did, if I could do something like that with my family, like, yeah, while we decide to enjoy our time together, we need to not forget, you know, X, Y, Z. Something that I think would honestly be a better solution for my family and I feel like in general for the black culture is if we just migrated our Thanksgiving like mm. participation to Juneteenth oh, and just yes. you know nationwide Juneteenth is the time that all of your black friends are going to be getting together with their families and they're going to be celebrating something that is monumental in their own culture you know for me I could totally trade. Like, I don't need Thanksgiving when I know in the middle of the summer, you know, I'm going to have the Juneteenth celebration. Mm -hmm. So I feel like for me, that would be a much more appropriate thing to do. But while I'm still just this tiny, insignificant woman, <laughs> all I can do is talk about <laughs> the changes I would make in the world. I don't know if they'll actually come about, but those are the changes I would make. Well, first of all, you're definitely not an insignificant woman, so... Thank you, friend. There. <laughs> um, yeah, I think for myself, it's it's tough because I do enjoy this timeline in the calendar year where it starts to feel, you know, a little bit more wintry and cold. Well, it's supposed to be cold. It's like 70 today or 60s maybe still. Anyway. But there are like a lot of childhood memories of spending time with family and, and the general feeling and coziness that you get from Thanksgiving into Christmas that I enjoy. And I enjoy the time with my family chatting, talking, catching up, playing games. We always play poker or some card game together and end up eating way too much of delicious food. But again, like the older I get, I can't help but recognize this guilty feeling and wonder if there is something else that I should be doing. And and I like you mentioned like something that would work for your family. And and maybe it kind of comes down to, you know, depending on your background, are you is you know, is it a black family? Is it your family? How do you guys want to adjust and change if you guys can agree to do that? And for me, you know, being a white family, what would that mean for us? And the willingness <laughs> to change that. I did see somewhere uh, where somebody takes a moment uh, and they stop and acknowledge like what you just said, like we're gonna we're gonna take five minutes and have a history lesson of what this really is. And you know, most families just like, all right, let's go around the table and say what we're thankful for. And everyone's like, oh my God, I have to like make up something. I don't know, my family, um, my, backpack like stupid shit um <laughs> that no one really has any heart into and if they do then they're considered like oh god mom stop being so happy but like i think i would prefer let's let's stop and acknowledge that we are here together as a family in this warm cozy house and breaking bread on stolen land and recognize our privilege you know, if you're a white family, let's let's take a moment and recognize what this holiday is and where it came from. I think at least that acknowledgement is important. On that note, I'm not sure every American family will be accepting of listening to this. And I'm sure I can some all would but have... guarantee you that every American family, most American families most. even would not be they would just be like don't spoil the mood like i'm hungry exactly. let's just eat and just be thankful Ugh, it's not affecting us now like meh, meh. but i think there does need to be some kind of acknowledgement and i think that starts in our homes and then eventually broader like i am um 
every year, like I do see mention of, hey, everyone, while you, while you sit down to your Thanksgiving dinners, please remember this is a national day of mourning for indigenous peoples. So yeah. like I'm seeing it pop up more and more every year, at least on yeah. social media. So it's out there. But how can we bring that into my home and, and start to present this? And a lot of that is going to take some navigating to be like, no, mother or father or whomever. No, let the, this is a real thing. Like, don't interrupt me and get angry. I just want to share something. This is on my heart. So that brings me to this account I have seen. Um, and I've started following, I don't even know, maybe a couple years ago. Um, it's, it's at Lil Native Boy on Instagram. But he really shares a lot of posts uh, regarding, I mean, anything with indigenous peoples. And especially around this time of year, he always posts a reminder like, hey, here's an article about this day of mourning. Take a look at this and read this. Educate yourself. But on top of that, he spreads awareness and ways to help them. So it's building awareness, but also like, now you know, here's a way to help. And he's shared quite a few resources and GoFundMe pages for others to help out, such as Black Indigenous Trans Housing, which is a GoFundMe for, uh, I think it's a trans woman who wants to help her grandmother who has Alzheimer's, but the mm. house they're living in is falling apart and it needs, it needs fixing, but they need help. Another one is, it was like a call out and a link to, I forgive me if I mispronounce this, but the Mitakute, M-I-T-A-K-U-T-E Foundation, and that one was established back in 2010 as a response to a teen suicide epidemic that was happening on the Pine Ridge Indi Indian Reserve in South Dakota. So this foundation was put into place to like empower their youth and give them resources uh, to really help out because that was a huge problem. I mean, mental health is a, a, a big deal to everyone, right. especially someone that may not have. Right. And um, don't have access to the resources that can best help them. Exactly. So yeah. he's been a great resource, um, along with us, some others, whether it's on Twitter or Instagram, that like, these are ways to help others. And uh, just seeing all of us and honestly, each year is humbling for me. And a reminder that I do need to do more and give back in some other way than contributing to my Thanksgiving dinner with my family. Like, mm -hmm. how can I continue that mindset into the rest of the holiday season? It's funny because as I was writing these notes on what I wanted to talk about, I came up with this idea. You know, every year I have a for me present. I'm sure everybody does. Let's we all do this. Don't lie. All, all year we, long, I, I get for me presents. Well, that's <laughs> you know what that's true <laughs> i'm like Same. i successfully completed work this week i deserve this Ting. <laughs> i had a stressful day today i deserve this it doesn't matter i get oh, myself for presents a lot so i yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> so you know and you usually get yourself your own christmas present i'm sure lots of people do this so this year the big thing that i wanted was a ps5 and i've just been on the hunt those shits are impossible to get it's bonkers it's like when the furby came out and everyone fucking bought it actually it's worse than that anyway so <laughs> i decided you know what it is not meant to be for me to buy this so i have it by christmas and that's fine this month whatever those funds are where i would have purchased the ps5 and whatever games i wanted i'm just going to reallocate that to one of these other funds, whether that's the ones I mentioned or other ones, like I need to do that. That's yeah. something that I should do. Yeah, um, I think it's important for anyone that can to give and support a mission that's important to you. For me, I deal with the struggle of there's a lot of things that are important to me and I don't have that much money. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had to, I chose for myself to pick one and for me, it's the innocence projects. And that, and I know that's not connected to this and we can always have, um, an episode later to talk about that. But, um, I decided that in addition to my regular giving at church, that this was going to be my charity 
this was where my money was going and to not allow myself to feel like I'm not doing enough because I'm not giving to every single thing that I want to, because there's so many things I want to give to. And here and there I give to some other organizations um, like Planned Parenthood or even like the wildlife refuge people. Because even though I'm not a hippie, I do believe in the trees. (laughs) So we have to have... We have to have the trees. I don't know. I feel like the older I'm getting, though, the the more hippie-ish I'm becoming. Um, uh, also, yes. give here and there to like the ACLU, so like to things that you that you care about. But I think that sharing this resource is a great addition, you know, because I think that even if it's something that's a one-off here and there, in mm-hmm. addition to your regular charitable giving, I agree with you that it's important. Or if if it's something that becomes a part of your kind of truths giving practice right so every year on truths giving my family gives this much to this particular organization you know to support indigenous peoples and to try to give what help we can especially given the fact that our government fails to do so yeah absolutely yeah i think maybe it's something something i for myself it's like a verbal reminder for myself right now, but just to sit down and kind of like budget that out. What would that look like for, instead of this for me gift, what, what, what would that be? And mm-hmm. who do I want to send it to? Cause right now it has just been like, huh, that's a great charity. I'm going to just send some money right now, but it'd be more, you know, intentional, intentional and like yeah. budget it out until, you know, so I don't suddenly look at my bank account and go, oops, that's my money. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I, man, the thing is, I think a lot about like, if I became rich, all these things I would do. But I think that if I became rich, I still wouldn't end up being rich because I would just, I would just give to so many uh, causes that I feel like are just imperatively important. Yeah, Absolutely. So one big topic that um, mm. was on the on the mass circuits around Thanksgiving this year was the discussion of travel and COVID. Yep, 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 yep. What are we to do? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think for ourselves, uh, Thanksgiving we did go over to my parents. We figured we're kind of all in our our small bubbles. And we feel comfortable with that. And it was a great time. And our original plan for Christmas, we wanted to have my family over to this house. Because we're like, this is a beautiful house. I love it. We're com- this is our Christmas house. This is the Christmas house. <laughs> we're coming here. <laughs> and we wanted to include my brother who lives in Nashville. So in light of everything, I'm so torn because I, I still want to do this and have people over for Christmas and have a little dinner and, you know, whatever that looks like, whether it's like have a small Christmas Eve and then the next everyone goes home to your own places, get some rest and then come over the next morning or whatever. You know, I had this idea, you know, my brother could stay at this house because we do have room and we could play video games together. You know, I, that's part of one of my many favorite things about Christmas is he usually will play video games and I watch and we laugh and drink and it's reminds me of childhood. Oh, um, special memories. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> but I'm torn cause he would have to travel. He is in Nashville, which is not exactly the greatest with COVID right now, mm. or it's, it's shown a little bit of a wildness. Yeah. I should specify, in case there are any Nashville listeners, I realize that that is the touristy downtown part that is acting up. And there are quite a few Nashvillians who are probably like, no, this is not us. I think another girl I follow, I forget, a girl has no president, maybe? Or America hates us. No, I think it's a girl has no president. But I think she is a black woman that lives in Nashville and she like calls that shit out all the time. <laughs> She's like, this is ridiculous. Um, so I recognize it's not all of Nashville, but there is still that, you know, a bit of worry. And, and I know he does play poker cause it's part of like, I think he helps, he's good at poker and he makes a lot of money doing it. Apparently I'm like, okay, damn. 
so that's like his way of making up some income because of COVID. So with that, you know, I do recognize he's out with probably more people. His bubble is a bit bigger. So I am torn and I still have to have a brother-sister conversation to be like, okay, I want you to come visit. I love you. But would you be willing to quarantine before you come and get tested just to be safe? And I'm hoping that conversation goes well, but we'll see. And, and I think even after this Thanksgiving, even though as, as careful as we were, I sh- myself should also get tested just to, just to be safe. No, yeah, that I agree. I also traveled to North Carolina and because I am wanting to return, you know, for Christmas, I plan on following strict quarantine and getting tested. So I can't imagine that your brother would be offended because like, for instance, they break down on the news um, when it comes to like getting tested and explaining how it's not necessarily foolproof, right? Because let's say you you get exposed on day zero, um, you get tested on day, I think, five, you could still show up negative even though you have the virus. And then if you go and hang out with somebody a couple of days later, you've now still exposed them even though you had a negative test. Yeah. So for me, my plan, since I've been back, I've been back now for a day, a full day, my plan is to wait until day six that I've been back home, mm-hmm. day six or seven, to get tested. And then, of course, I would stay in quarantine as I have been until I re- return. But then I would, I believe I would test negative. Obviously, I hope I would test negative. Let me say mm-hmm. that instead. If I did test negative, I would still test again about two or three days before I intended to go to mm-hmm back to North Carolina. Because for me, my logic is I I don't get all go around anybody. So like the only Mm -hmm. time I leave the house when I'm here is to walk my dog. That is it. Mm -hmm. Um, Even like my brother lives in DC, but like if he's been around people, I don't even go see him. We just talk on the phone. So I really follow something. I follow as strict a, a quarantine as I can. I know that I've not been perfect, but I, I'm also not an, an anti-masker by any stretch. And I try to stay as far away from people as possible. So I do have respect for, for others lives, you know, Mm -hmm. and I believe my family is the same way. We're all very conscientious about hand washing and masks. And, you know, um, even my cousin, he works at a grocery store. He takes off his uniform in his car before he comes in the house and goes straight into the shower, you know, and everything before talking to anybody, hugging anybody, anything like that. So, you know, yeah. doing the best that we can. Um, so I know that what I'm, what I'm doing and what my family is doing is not perfectly aligned with the CDC suggestions. And we certainly do our best. And we're only, well, I pray that we're all only around each other. I guess that's the part you don't know. And, and so that's you're supposed to stay home. Yeah. The fact of the matter is I can't talk, I cannot talk around the fact that we're not following CDC guidelines to the letter. And we pray, I guess, for, for grace in that. Yeah, I know. I I feel the same. I know we have not been perfect. And, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to quarantine after Thanksgiving. This We literally went to go buy a Christmas tree yesterday. And I didn't realize this till probably right now in this moment, but I'm like, just broke that quarantine rule stuff. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? But also, well, let me just talk about this for one second. Okay. Because I think our governor, Cooper, just did a new mask mandate that is mandatory. Mm-hmm. And I think a few of the anti-maskers were out and about yesterday, a bit pissed off about that in full Probably. force. Because oh, yeah. the um, Christmas tree lot that we went to, granted, it was open air and all outside, but you're still walking by people and walking right. around people. Right. There were a lot more people without masks, like whole families, whole yeah. families just walk. And not even like some of them were just like down. Others, there was not a mask in sight. They were just I like. I mean, wearing then, it on your chin might as well not be in sight. Like you might as well not wear it. it. Yeah. yeah. And the workers there weren't even wearing a mask. 
Oh, wow. The people working at the place were not wearing masks. Like, oh, they weren't wow. even around. And families... And they're in people's faces because they collect the trees, right? Yeah, they, they collect their money. It. Like, you got to hand you hand the person your card, and they're within yeah. distance of you. Like, oh, do you want... I'm going to cut these limbs, and do you want it wrapped? It's like, I'll carry it to your car. Like, they're within distance of you. Right. And there were a couple times that those white families not wearing masks would look at me wearing mine with a kind of a look in their face like... You're one of those. Of course, right. I just look right back at him with my death eyes. Like, yes, yeah, I am. You were one of those, <laughs> aren't you? Right. I think I even mumbled to myself, like, looking at you. I'm like, it's a whole ass pandemic still. And you walking around here without a mask. <laughs> I mumbled to myself, have I a mask? Well, first of all, let me be clear. Even once we are post-COVID, I feel like the mask for me is here to stay. I've been wanting to wear masks in public and gloves in public to start mm-hmm. with. The public itself was already starting to skeeve me out. Like I had to talk to my therapist about it because I was like, I'm not trying to become agoraphobic. But like every time I get on the bus, something happens that makes my skin crawl. And I feel like that every single part of me needs a chemical shower. And, yep. you know, like I really had to work through some I don't know what was happening with me, but I really had to work through that. But I feel like the mask thing is just smart. I'm for it. I'm okay to wear masks in public. Especially if you're sick. Like, if I'm sick with the flu, you you know, well, I live alone. So, like, if I'm sick, I have to take care of myself. Oh, yeah. Especially now that I live in a definitely should wear a mask if you are sick. Right. So, I'm going to have to wear my mask to go and run errands for myself. But now I'm like, y'all are gross. I (laughs) I agree. To just not breathe in y'all's disgustingness. Yeah. So I'm kind of down for it. Yeah, I'm down for it. Mm. Um, So I have no problem wearing my mask. But yeah, I mumble at people all the time that like wear their mask over their mouth, but not their nose. And I'm like, why the hell do you even have one? Or the ones that just wear those like, what are they called? Southern The neck 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 gaiters. That Southern people. And I remember seeing this video where this woman was just like, this is what my son wears to school. This is a mister. See, it's going through it. And everyone's like, yes, you just prove the point that that mask doesn't work because that's not the right mask. You stupid idiot. Thank you for proving the point. I just feel like all (laughs) those people should um, sign a registry. And then that way, if they ever have to have major surgery, everyone inside of the operating room will know that they do not need to wear a mask for surgery. Because masks don't work. Masks don't mean anything. Then when your ass catches a a fucking infection from everybody breathing on your internal organs, you'll learn that when people tell you to wear a mask, just put a mask on your freaking face. Then you're yelling at the doctor, like, why do I have this infection? You did something wrong. I'm like, well, you didn't believe in masks, so I didn't either when I did your surgery. What are we going to do about this? Well. Now you got to take antibiotics. I guess they are kind of in a registry because their voter registration may give them away. That's very true. But them, I feel like there are Republican maskers. That's yes. the thing. They got to stop mixing around in, in mm. the brew with the same fools. <sighs> okay. There's Republicans and then there's Trumpers. Or is it- oh, okay. <laughs> so in considering, you know, what type of practices you'll follow in terms of COVID, um, in terms of the holidays, it can be really really stressful and we already know that collectively as a country i feel like as a global community we have just really been experiencing a high level of stress and anxiety and depression over um for us in america elections and covid and trying to figure out the holidays mass layoffs and so we just want to take a moment to talk about some ideas for self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, something that we said a lot on our previous podcast, The Divorce Dames, yes. that we want to reiterate is that we are not licensed therapists. Yeah. We are in therapy, but we are not therapists. Right. These are just <laughs> suggestions and tips that we use that seem to maybe work out or exactly. maybe not. Maybe they don't work for us, but maybe it'll work for you. Exactly. So if you're feeling like you need to talk to someone, these particular tips probably may not help that severe of a of a feeling. I don't think severe is the right word, but 
you should definitely reach out and find someone to talk to. Yes. These, these tips are really to just kind of ease, you know, the day-to-day stressors and tension that can come with conditions such as these. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I guess to start, I mean, in regards to COVID and the holidays, usually holidays mean difficult conversations, annoying conversations, especially as you mentioned this recent election and the tension between, you know, two parties. So we know that these conversations are going to come up. So how can we navigate through these tense conversations? First things first, remain calm. This is something I have to tell myself, <laughs> yeah. you know, especially when something hits a passion point for me. Um, it's very easy for me to get really passionate about something and like start to go point by point by point by point and then get a little bit um, aggressive about it, which in turn will make the other person, if you are in disagreeance, get aggressive back. When you remain calm in those conversations, it helps alleviate tension and it avoids putting the other person in that fight mode. Although we do realize sometimes when you are calm and speaking facts, it doesn't always work with certain people. So how can we alleviate that kind of tension when needed? Personally, I like to alleviate tension by making a drink. And usually my drink of choice when I'm with my family is Hennessy on ice. That would do it. (laughs) (laughs) I think um, alcohol does make people a little bit merrier, but it also can lead to people just saying, fuck it, I'm going to say something straight from the hip and blah. And then for me, if I've been drinking, I will take something either personally or I will immediately be like, well, now it's time for me to be mad because you just said something really fucked up. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Yes, but I do see um, how alcohol can, you know, that's that's always a a go-to in these situations. (laughs) Nice little, like, tension tamer, you know, just kind of ease the back muscles a little bit. I'll tell you what, honestly, when it comes to navigating tense conversations in my family the conversations are almost never about things politically Uh, my family we generally don't talk much about politics but in the in the conversations we do have it's clear that we're we're all kind of on the same page I think that's why we don't talk about it or most of us I won't say all I am aware of several family members who um, much to my chagrin and I am working on them tend to be a bit homophobic and it really grinds my gears um so I guess that's an example of a time when usually that's when I speak out and usually that's when I say something that probably creates a little bit of tension and I'm usually not calm so I should probably take your advice (laughs) I I am confrontational I am going to I may not snap but I'm certainly going to say something that makes it clear that I feel like you are a despicable human being for having said or done something that's homophobic, transphobic, just yeah. generally ignorant, just not necessarily ignorant, generally is toxic because yes. ignorance sometimes, ignorance is not always equated to mm-hmm. something negative. You're ignorant until you learn. But I have people in my family that are choosing to not learn choosing to instead just point that something's wrong um and for me we can go toe-to-toe when it comes to things like that because I like to think that I that my friends would do the same for me Mm -hmm. if you know um their family members were speaking in such a way against their culture group Mm -hmm. so I like to be there for them that said we, we also all know which battles are worth fighting with whom. Yeah. Sometimes you have some demons that just need to die with the host upon which they rest. And it's sad to, to there's just some people you got to wash your hands with because it's just going to cause you more stress That's and anxiety true. than it is going to be with them. When you know that that mindset just needs to go to dust with them when they do, because there's some people that you really can get to and some people that will just get to you. Mm -hmm. And I I think you bring up a good point. Like there are certainly times 
it's fitting to get confrontational. It's fitting to get be able to call someone out on their shit. And if they make a transphobic or homophobic or like you just said, like certain situations like that, if they just like make a comment or hey, maybe now's a good time for me to make a racist joke. It's like yeah. no, Uncle no. Bob, now's not a good time for that. That's not funny. That's not funny. Yeah. And it could be a situation like that. That is a situation that's that's absolutely needed. And it also could be a situation where he's usually not called, he or she, they are not called out on that shit. Right. Maybe it's the first time they are. Maybe right. they're going to start to think and stop being ignorant and maybe think before they speak. But I also agree if it's just someone who is willingly hateful, that it that just takes more stress and energy out of you and you have to kind of like just walk away and whether that's saying you know what hey insert name we have talked about this and we have gone in circles about this over and over and over i don't don't say agree to disagree because i don't think that does any good no because some some things are not well we talked about this before some things are not and not debatable yeah it's not debatable not an agree pizza toppings are Right. Not whether or not people's rights. lives matter. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. It, it, yeah. There's no agree to disagree. It's just no. that you're wrong and we're just all going to recognize that you're exactly. wrong. It's just like we're, I'm not going to spend more energy to try to explain to you why you are wrong and how hateful you are. And then save yourself that energy. Go get yourself a new drink. Go, mm-hmm. you know, go outside. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and I think, too... Um, and, you know, going outside, perhaps another technique, like if you are around family and whether it's just being overwhelmed by all the people around you, or it is a super tense conversation, or you just finished up yelling at somebody, or you just finished up having a very in-depth conversation that maybe wasn't a debate, but was it, whatever the conversation was, whether it was a debate or whether it was just a conversation, you had to teach someone things, whatever it was that takes a lot of energy out of you. There's things you can do, like just walk out of the room, go to the bathroom, go chill, you know, let people think you're pooping for 15 minutes. Even if you're not, it doesn't matter. Go outside, (laughs) go outside, have a little CBD help or a THC help or something if you need it. But removing yourself from that and like recharging is very helpful, especially, you know, if you're introverted like me. I definitely have times where I need to leave a room always. Hey, yeah, listen, I, I always there were you. there were more than a few times when when I lived back in North Carolina that after like I just abruptly would be like, Okay, I'm tired of hanging out with you guys and I would just go home. Yep. <laughs> and you know, my family knows me and so like it's no surprise it was no surprise to anybody that oh Anne just left. But I would. Once I had my fill, I'd be like, you know what? I'm going home and I would leave and I will see y'all tomorrow, you know, because I've had enough of you today. And while I've been back, I just go to bed. Even if I'm not actually going to go to sleep, even if I'm going to play on my phone for another hour or two, but I'm in my, I'm in my bedroom with the door closed and that's the signal that I'm finished with whatever's been going on. I've checked out and it's perfectly acceptable to check out. That's to me, that's your your mind's way of telling you you're overloaded, you're overworked, and we need rest. Absolutely. Yes, that's definitely a technique I've used throughout my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Childhood and family life. Just like, you know what? It's a little intense because whatever the hell was happening right now, I'm going to bed. And it was really just me going to watch a movie in my room quietly. Exactly. Same. Oh. Yes. So we know these conversations are going to happen. Um, There's ways to keep calm if they start to, you know, if it's someone that starts to kind of like come at you aggressively about a topic. If you don't feel like that's going to be an educational conversation, you have that ability and you have the power to say, hey, listen, I would love to talk to you about this. This is something that's very important to me. But I will only talk to you about this if we can do so in a civil manner. That keeps you, I don't want to say like the upper hand, 
that's probably not the right term, but it's just like, hey, listen, you're being pretty aggressive about this. I want to talk about this, but I'm going to need you to calm the fuck down. So how about let's talk to our friends who um, are maybe like us or might even be doing better than us in behaving according to CDC guidelines. Mm -hmm. Um, So they decide to stay home for the holidays. Yes. Well, I think there's um, quite a few techniques. First of all, it's going to feel weird, obviously. Like, I can't imagine just deciding, you know what, I'm just going to stay home. I, I, like, I can, actually, you know, I lied. I can imagine doing that. I, (laughs) I could totally do that. But I would miss my family. I would miss the Christmas traditions and memories. So if you are doing that, I think there's some great techniques. And I found this uh, post on Instagram that maybe we can share, uh, we can reshare or share in our story uh, that has a lot of great techniques, whether that's like meditation, finding a safe place, uh, some grounding exercises. And I think some of these techniques, I think, could possibly be used in both situations if you are with family or alone. I think the first thing that comes to mind, though, if you are home and you're alone, that's definitely difficult. First, pet therapy. If you have a pet, spend some time with that pet. Go on Mm -hmm. some walks. Play with your cat, bird, (laughs) lizard, whatever it is you got. That they will... (laughs) They'll get some endorphins going and happy, happy brain waves going with your pet. Another thing is take a bath, take care of yourself, pour yourself a glass of wine, have a nice big old Christmas bubble bath. Um, I mean, enjoy the shows. Yeah. And the fact that you can enjoy like a bottle of wine. Yeah. To yourself. You don't have to share with anybody Mm -hmm. and hear people say, oh, I like mine sweeter. Who cares? This is my bottle. Mm -hmm. Enjoy it. And then you can just go to bed. Yeah, exactly. And not have to feel like you, you know, need to answer to anybody. Mm -hmm. Although on that note, if you really are feeling the dread of like being alone and you really want to be with family, perhaps you get on a Zoom call. I assume people who are staying home would get on a Zoom call and maybe you get off the call and you have that brief little moment of sadness of I wish I was there. That's okay. Sit in it. Allow yourself to miss them and to feel sad. You're allowed to. This is a crappy situation. Let yourself feel that. If it starts to get overwhelming, um, this is where kind of back to those grounding techniques. Uh, One that I specifically love, and I have tried this a few times, um, is the 54321 grounding exercise. And I've used this usually if I have an anxiety attack or if I'm just overwhelmed and thinking too much. It is name five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and then one thing you can taste. And the amount of time it takes for you to refocus on those like five, four, three, two, one things, by the end of it, you'll probably notice you're a bit calmer because you're, uh-huh. you're, you're focusing on something else beyond yeah. what maybe you're overthinking or this, the stress that's building up. I've used this a couple times and I swear by it. I love it. Um, yeah, I, that's a good point. Directing your your brain in a different place. Um, we talked earlier actually about that. Is, I did something very similar to that. Not related to not being able to be around my family, but I had a traumatic experience with my ex-husband while I was at work. It mm-hmm. was early November And I remember I was so worked up. I was just like, when I get home, I'm just going to decorate my Christmas tree because I knew that it was going to take him a while. I had to do a lot of things. I had to unload the boxes. I had to put the tree together, but it was going to force my brain to focus on those processes and direct all that mental energy and anguish and emotion that I was feeling into something manual Mm -hmm. that was then going to help me progressively work down how I felt. So yeah, directing your brain to something like that, something physical, or even I do a lot of coloring and like crosswords. I feel <laughs> like <laughs> I feel like such an old lady, or also like a kindergartner <laughs> a lot of times. But when I am <laughs> feeling stressful, for me, it helps to get my hands doing something. 
Mm-hmm. So like yes. I'm a rage cleaner. We we both are, right? Oh, I will God. get angry yes. and I will clean the hell out of my apartment. Oh my God. I have cleaned this house so many times out of just anxiety. It's exactly anxiety cleaning is what I do. (laughs) Or I will anxiety organize. I will anxiety Uh collect, uh, purge items and send them to Goodwill. Anything that will work me out. So you find your thing, man. And Mm -hmm. just um, like Stephanie said, know that it's perfectly acceptable to feel how you feel. It's human. It's understandable. It's expected in a lot of ways, but you don't want that energy just kind of wreaking havoc inside of you. Mm-hmm. You want to direct it at something to, to help you rest and relax. And and hopefully, you know, being able to be on a video call with the family or with friends. Maybe you're not close to your family, but you're close to your friends. Mm-hmm. Just being able to do things like that will hopefully uh, will be great. <laughs> yes. Oh, Oh, goodness. No, I I think you're right. And having like manual activities, definitely, especially cleaning, that really does help me out. If I feel super stressed out, now I get stressed if it just feels a little bit dirty or if it smells weird. And then I just clean the entire house. And by the time I'm done, I'm like, oh, I feel so much better. (laughs) That might just be. Because I know I do the same thing. Therapeutic. Well, and I'm also very paranoid that I do not want to be the dog owner whose house smells like a dog. And I don't smell like pee. Exactly. And I do allow Lila on the couch only when Mm. there's a blanket on, but still, you know, I have carpet. So like anytime I feel when I am just feeling like it's not smelling like I want it to, I'm the same way. I put baking soda down, vacuum, wipe everything, like all that. Cause I'm like, girl, People are not going to walk in my house and the first thing they smell is you. That's Mm -hmm. not going to work out for me. Mm -mm. Nope, nope, nope. I am the same. If it smells anything slightly like the cat litter boxes, I'm like, nope. It's got to go. This entire house has got to be cleaned. Yep. Um, I think another good thing that I saw in this post, they mentioned finding safe or calm place imagery. First, I really like what they did here. But you think of a place that you have been or would like to be that feels safe or calm. And whatever image that represents, it can be the beach or the mountains or a comfort, comfortable, cozy room. And then pay attention to the details of what you're seeing. Like, what are the colors? What are the shapes in the room? What's like the lighting situation? And then notice the sensations you have in your body. What emotions do you experience? And then as you think of this place the sights and the smells and the sensations describe to yourself what you are experiencing. And then you'll start to see how relaxing and pleasant those sensations are and allow yourself to enjoy that. My second point with this is perhaps you already have a safe place in your home. I myself have one of these, <laughs> My small safe place in my house is our walk-in closet in the master bedroom. We have like a cute little like mini Persian rug in there that's like sitting right in the middle. And like Corey has this little manatee. I call it his manatee. It's a it's a guy, <laughs> a guy vanity. It's cute. But I have sat down in there, closed the door to and it helps muffle any noise going on in the house or outside. I've specifically used this twice during hurricanes. Tornadoes make me nervous as F. So I go into that closet because, you know, it's obviously probably a safe spot for a tornado, but it just kind of like calms me down and eliminates a lot of the noise going on outside. Or maybe I just feel a bit worked up and stressed. I will go sit my butt down on that floor, on that carpet, close the door and just kind of sit. Maybe I'm just sitting there. Maybe I look at something on my phone. Maybe I'll turn on music. But if there is something like that in your home, is it a bathroom? Is it a closet? It, It does not have to be your something grand. It can literally be your closet or bathroom. Go there. Let that be a relaxing place for you and let yourself enjoy the calming. How Whatever it is that calms you, it's working. Go there. Yeah, I like it. I, for me, I feel like my whole apartment is my safe place. Mm-hmm. It's just where, just like you said, it's just where I close out the world. And I know that everything in here is curated to bring me joy peace and happiness that's true that could be like a one of the tasks somebody can do like maybe you don't have the perfect setup 
maybe there, if you have the ability, can that be one of your organizational tasks? Can you rearrange your house? You know, are, are you one of those people that gets bored and rearranges your furniture? Maybe. Give it a go. <laughs> you may have fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's time for us to move to our next segment. I think so. We have a new segment that we're adding to the show. It is familiar to many. I would say maybe even familiar to most around the world. It is, am I the asshole? So uh, (laughs) Stephanie and I are both Reddit heads. We like to get on Reddit and read just kind of some of the random things that people post. And the am I the asshole forum is one that I go to very often. And I thought that it would be good for us to read some of these aloud and discuss them and help these people discover whether or not they indeed are the asshole. Our first one, we have uh, a writer that has written in asking, am I the asshole for having a secret savings account in case of divorce? Oh, so I picked this one this week because I thought this would be good Hmm. since you and I, uh, several of them were asking about like kids and stuff. And I feel like you and I maybe shouldn't Mm. talk too much about parenting advice. I'm probably not going to be the best with that, (laughs) but we definitely have experience with divorce. So I thought it'd be good um, for us to talk about this. So I'll read it and then we can discuss it. Okay. My husband who is a 32-year-old male, and I, which is a 28-year-old female, have a unique marriage in some ways. We have been together for 10 years and married for eight of them. We don't have kids and we don't plan on it. We have tried to keep our finances fair, but separate. We contribute equally to the bills and to our joint savings account, but have separate checking accounts. After bills and savings, it's our choice what we want to do with our remaining money. We keep the same amount, but I, or excuse me, we make about the same amount. So they make about the same amount, but I spend a lot less. Hmm. He has some expensive hobbies and I don't. So over the past years, I've started my own personal savings out of my fund money, which now equals about as much as our joint savings. Damn girl, wow. you don't spend no money. <laughs> wow. I'm just not sure about my marriage and I feel safer having the ability to leave thing leave if things got worse. My mom was in two abusive relationships when I grew up and I never want to be in a situation where I feel trapped. My husband has never been abusive. The main issue with my marriage is around sex. My husband doesn't enjoy it and I did not know this until after we were married. I don't think he deliberately hid it from me, but that he didn't know or want to acknowledge this about himself. We haven't had sex in five years now, and it has caused me to lose romantic feelings toward him. He also has some anger and emotional issues that he is in therapy addressing, but he doesn't ever want to talk with me about them. We coexist, but I don't feel like I'm in a relationship anymore, and I'm not sure how to fix this when he refuses to open up to me. I'm hopeful therapy might help, And I'm giving this time, but I also feel better having an exit plan. I recently mentioned this to my best friend, and he called me out about it and basically said that I am being disloyal to my marriage. He asked me why I'm staying at all if I have one foot out the door. And leaving now would be kinder than letting my husband know in a few years that I had planned this all along. Am I the asshole? She also wanted to add, I'm not worried about having to split the money or disclose my savings if we divorce. My goal is actually to let him have our joint savings completely and have enough saved up on my own that I would, in terms of property, he has a lot more than me, blah, 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 blah. So basically she says she's less concerned with the legal side and more concerned about whether or not she's being a horrible person. Mm. Wow. All right. There is a lot to unpack right here. So... Well, I think so, and I think not so. So, all right, let me just kind of talk it out here for a little second. So they already sound like they kind of keep their finances separate, but sounds like they know what kind of bills are. Obviously, they're contributing to the bills together. They know what kind of savings they have. They have a joint savings and et cetera. So it sounds like they're communicating on that front. Right. You know, I that's cool. You know, he has, like, fun hobbies that he enjoys, and she's kind of a 
bit more frugal, you know, that's, that's good. I, I don't initially see the issue of an extra savings account because it sounds like she already has that for her fun money. And I think maybe the original point of that was for her fun money, but I guess as things have seemed to progress, I think it's a natural thought for her to be like, maybe this could be my just in case bank account. You know, thankfully he's not abusive. It looks, it sounds like they definitely have some things to work on. It sounds like he's going to therapy. I feel like it would be more, I think therapy together yeah, would be better mm-hmm. because he's not, he's still not opening up to her about these anger and emotional issues that he's addressing in therapy. So I think they need that together. The thing with sex, I'm like, well, is he asexual? Because that's a legit thing that Mm -hmm. perhaps that's a very difficult thing. If you are in a relationship with someone and you are you yourself are not asexual, like that's a whole that's a whole conversation to address. Like that needs to be worked out. She's lost romantic feelings because of this. But if he himself is asexual, I think that needs to be figured out. He needs to come to terms with that or, or, or perhaps he's just not sexually attracted to her anymore. And again, yeah, that needs to be talked about. I don't, I, and this conversation with her friend, uh, I, I get what he's saying. It does sound like you're kind of in the mindset of like, it sounds like you want to leave. To me, it sounds like she thinks this marriage is going to end and she's ready for it too. But if they, I don't, I just, I don't really see her as the asshole. I, I, I think it's a natural thing to like be prepared. It's like if she had, if she was having these thoughts, I'm like talking at this out now. <laughs> like if she's having these thoughts and she felt, oh, it's ending. I'm just going to go ahead and start a savings account just in case. That's way different than her already having her own savings for fun because the so hold on. Well, the savings isn't for Does fun. He so basically, so they both have fun. So my ex husband and I had the same financial situation. So we had the well, we never ended up joining our accounts. The plan mm-hmm. was that we would have a joint savings or joint checking account actually, mm-hmm. um, and joint savings. So a so a certain amount of money would go into our joint checking and our joint savings. Mm-hmm. But then we would each maintain our own independent accounts for yeah. fun money. Yeah. And so what she's saying is that out of her fun money, she ended up going ahead and opening herself a savings account mm-hmm. to put money to the side. So basically the um, same amount of money that like her husband is spending on his hobbies and stuff, she is actually putting to the side just because she doesn't, spend a lot of money yeah and so that savings account has become her rainy day fund basically yeah um i'm gonna say not the asshole yeah i'm with you generations of women have taught other women i will say their daughters nieces grandmothers or whatever um that you need to have a rainy day fund that men are unpredictable um and that at that time, this advice came out of the fact that like women couldn't work. And mm-hmm. so you would get your money from your husband. The idea was that you skim some off the top so that you had something um, for this. Coming out of my marriage, the fact that we never joined our financial our finances together was a saving grace mm-hmm. because it made it so easy to do what I needed to do and to... Um, keep him like to cut him off when I needed to so like when I needed to leave Mm -hmm. I was able to change all the account information for my bank to where he couldn't get into it and I had the money that I needed to be able to do what I needed to do and I wasn't running into any kind of fuzzy areas legally so I don't think she's the asshole for having the secret savings account. No, I think that's a very wise thing for anybody to have any kind of savings. Yeah. Like I agree it's not. And honestly, like now that I'm thinking about this, I'm kind of like, who is your best friend? And why is he calling you out? Basically saying like, you're being disloyal to your marriage. Your man should know about your money. It's like, okay, no. Ew. First um, of all, this is also I, a situation where like, I would consider, 
consider this best friend because if your best friend Mm-hmm. is aware that you and your husband have not had sex in five years, which I would imagine your best friend would be aware and you wouldn't be telling perfect strangers this without having told your best friend. Mm-hmm. They know that you haven't had sex. They know that you have been having issues, emotional issues. It would make sense, in my opinion, to my best friend that I would be considering whether or not I'm going to be able to stay in this relationship what the parameters are and my best friend would pat me on the back and applaud me mm-hmm. for having already had something prepared so that if shit hit the fan i had a safety net so i i question the friendship like i'm just like it seems yeah. like oh, you got bad relationships all around you so okay not an asshole for having a secret savings account because no however There needs to be some conversations. And I'm reading this last sentence, uh, her ad, the edit edition. I'm less concerned with the legal side and more worried that I'm being a horrible person by hiding this while he is in therapy and asking me not to leave him. So this is a troublesome relationship. And I think she is being an asshole in a sense of not fully communicating her heart and thoughts and being honest something where they are not compatible and they shouldn't be together and they just need to have a fucking conversation. Well, it sounds or, like she's been trying and he's not opening up. If, oh you know, yeah. Cause he was honest. going. So yeah, I, hmm. when it comes to the saving savings account, no, she's not the yeah. asshole. The no. savings account does not Mm-mm. make you an asshole. Not at all. But, but there needs to be some conversations. Like, yes, he needs there's... to open up. If she doesn't want him or her to leave him, they need to talk and go to exactly. couples therapy. Exactly. They Otherwise, couple... they're both being assholes to the to each other and themselves. Yes, agreed. They definitely, definitely, 1,000 million percent <laughs> need to be in couples. Like, you should go to therapy individually, but this situation, you definitely need to be in couples therapy because... Sex in a marriage is important. And even if he's asexual, there are asexual individuals who are married and who have sex with their partners because they know that that's something that their partner needs and values. The sex in their marriages may or may not be as frequent as sex within a marriage where you don't have asexual partners. But if he loves her at all and knows that this is something important to her, and that's not something they can work out. That's also the sign of an issue. So I agree with you. Marriage, counseling, 100%. But you are never the asshole. Mm-hmm. Men, women, non-binary, anybody in a marriage or in a long-term relationship or whatever, you are never the asshole for having your own savings account in case things go wrong. Because... You hope that things don't, but the fact of the matter is that best laid plans go awry all the time. Mm-hmm. Yep, this is true. I didn't well, get married thinking that I would be divorced, but here exactly, I am. Exactly, no. And I don't think that was the original thought with her either. Yeah. Now I'm just going down the rabbit hole and reading these comments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So if you want to hop on this thread, just log into Reddit, go to the Am I the Asshole thread and give this young lady your feedback. Mm -hmm. But as far as we're concerned here at FaceTime Chats, she is not the asshole. But they need to have some serious conversations because they're being assholes in other ways to each other and themselves. Yep. Should we move on to the inspo spot? Yeah, we need some inspiration now. (laughs) okay for my inspo spot this week i really want to just kind of go back to what i talked about earlier about feeling the freedom to check out Mm -hmm. so this is something that is not easy for me. So even though I'm saying it, I'm advising it. It's because I've practiced it and I've never regretted it 
but it has, does not mean that it was something easy for me to do. I had to work against myself. I had to um, go against my own grain a lot of times when I have decided to check out of something. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you that when I have, it has always been for the best. Mm-hmm. That it has always been something that has allowed me to refresh and regroup and reflect and give myself the love that I needed. So I would inspire anyone who finds themselves in an overwhelming uh, scenario, situation, mm-hmm. um, big or small. Sometimes it's like an overwhelming conversation with a friend and you were just like, you know what, I've had my fill and this is where I stop. That's fine. So I just want to encourage you to know that if your mind and spirit tell you that you need to check out of something and you are able to, then I would say do so. You know, give yourself that break so that you can come back to it refreshed with new eyes, ears, et cetera, and be able to um, be a stronger and more responsive person. Yeah. That's my next I think that's great. And for me, I I think another callback to maybe the main portion of this is, you know, really try to utilize some techniques to ground yourself, some way to find a safe space, find a way to calm yourself down, find a way to relieve tension, either with conversations or within yourself. All right. Well, that was easy. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, everyone. Thank you for joining FaceTime Chats. If you like our show and want to know more, check us out on Twitter and Instagram at FaceTime Chats Pod. Please remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or any of your streaming platforms. And remember, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So speak often and speak loudly. Keep learning, keep growing, keep being better. See See you next time. time. Bye. Bye.